I was going to say good morning, but it's good afternoon now, so having a fun morning. Very much welcome to, particularly we've got guests here, come to see friends and family getting baptised. Um, it is a, it's not just, it's not a social occasion, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual reality. I'm a bit boomy up here, Ed, so, uh, just Ed, I'm a bit boomy, is that what, can we do anything about that? Okay, it's all right. Um, and I'm, it took me back to when I was 16, and um, uh, uh, my sister had become a Christian. And I didn't know you had to become a Christian. That was the first shock to me, um, becoming a Christian. I, thought I was a Christian because I lived in England. Um, <laughs> seriously, I, I had no idea that you had to become one. It was, it was, it, you needed to be born again. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a shock. And then, um, and I, saw, I went to a baptism meeting. It was first, first church meeting I ever went to voluntarily. Um, not I didn't used to go, but um, and uh, it, 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 it seemed a bit strange to me because it can seem strange. And then the guy got up to preach, and he, he said, uh, what, "What does it mean to say I'm a Christian like these people have done today?" And um, and I went, well, I don't know really, but at that point I still thought I was a Christian because I was English. So so that was, um, and uh, so you know, I'm not quite. I haven't really, haven't really thought about what it means. I just know I am one, um, you know, kind of, and. Um, and he said, well, if I took you back to uh, Rome in 60 AD, if you said the words, I'm a Christian, and in Latin, two words, Christianus sum, uh, you could be thrown to the lions. And I thought, okay, I think I've changed my mind. Definitely not worth that much. That's you know, occasional, occasional visit on a Sunday. But... And then it struck me, I thought, oh my word. Because I didn't realise what my sister had found. She found something, but I couldn't work it out. My sister had found something that was worth dying for. That something that, that actually is precious beyond this life, and is not threatened even by death. It's actually an eternal life, and uh, and that started my journey. And uh, at that stage, I would say Jesus started to get hold of me, and He found me, and uh, and I've never looked back. And I love I love my Christian life. I love telling other people about Jesus. I just love the testimonies today. Thank you for all of those who got baptised for that uh, adventure. And at the end of the meeting, we'll make sure we pray and prophesy over you some more so you get thoroughly soaked in the blessing of God. But um, So if, if you're here today, you think, I'm not quite sure what this is all about. You know, that was me. Um, but basically, it's all about Jesus, and Jesus is amazing. Um, and uh, so I want to talk to you a bit about Jesus today. But... Um, Part of what, what an analogy that we get of the Christian life is a, is a river, and that's what I want to, to talk about today. So, can we bring up John chapter 7? Not used to having this little space. I'm used to being able to wander around, but if I wander around, I'll be walking on the water. <laughs> it could be a little test. <laughs> so, so that would be fun. It'd be cool, wouldn't it? It'd be cool. That would be cool. That, that would be impre- you'd be impressed, wouldn't you? That would be. A, I'd be impressed as well. So. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And that's the testimony you've heard today. People thought, I know I'm thirsty for life. Thirsty for something. And then Jesus said this, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And uh, this gives us a picture of what it means when you become a Christian. It's actually not that you just 
get your sins forgiven. It's not just you get a clean slate, so to speak, and that's often the, the idea that you know somehow God forgives you and good luck with the rest of life. Um, but it's, it's Christianity, is, it, it, the forgiveness is, is, is basically the gateway in to life. And Jesus came to give us new life, and life in all its fullness, so he came to give us abundant life, and that's why it's, when you become a Christian, it talks about being born again. You're born again into a new life, and it says you're born again of the Spirit. And the, the symbolism of baptism is, is the death of an old life and the rising to a new life. And uh, so what becoming a Christian means, you, you, you leave behind a, a life, so to speak, um, and you, you rise to a new one. And um, basically that, that new life is, is centered around who Jesus is. And um, another verse in, in John gospel it says that Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life so Jesus you know what the definition of life is Jesus says actually I'm the definition of life he's also the way so if you, you want to know which way to go he's he's the way and if you want to know what truth is then he is the truth so it's amazing is it what Jesus can encapsulate in a few words of, of the, the enormity of who he is he says I'm the way this is the way to come nobody comes to the father except through me so he's the way to God I'm the truth you want to know what truth is find it in me then if you want to find life I'm the one find it you'll find it with and so um, and what you get what does this what does this river look like well in in the Bible there's lots of, of, of scriptures that talk about this and uh, without turning to it because it's a long long chapter it's in Ezekiel 47 there's this picture of, of, of a river flowing and it says, wherever it flows, it brings life. Um, uh, it says, actually, the place where it doesn't produce life, it says, is, is the swamp land, the marshland. So, so you can have water, but if it's not flowing, it doesn't produce life. It, where, where water gets stagnant, it's not a life-bringing source. Um, so in Ezekiel 47, so wherever the river flows, it brings life. So our Christianity is not just an, an internal source of, of joy and peace, but it's actually a river that actually flows and is meant to impact the world around us. That's, that's the picture I'm trying to, to give you. So, um, and the, the Bible talks about fruit of the Spirit. So, and I did this as a test in, in, the, in the first meeting. So I want to see, in the... In, in, uh, Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So when it, fruit is something that will grow if the conditions are correct. Yeah, so it, and the Bible gives other analogies that were grafted into the vine. Um, so, so what you can expect as an outcome in your Christian life, personally, if you're, you're you know, flowing in the Spirit, is a fruit of the Spirit. And so, so there's nine of them listed. So I want to see, see how far we can get. I know this is going to be a bit of a bum fest. So shout out, what, what are the fruit of the Spirit? So the first one's easy. Most people remember. So the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, and one more, gentleness. Yeah, bingo, jackpot, whatever you call it. So... Uh, so how many of you would like to, to uh, you know, on a memorial stone, have this as, as, as a, a summary of your life? This is a person who carried life, love, peace, joy, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and self-control into their life and through them into the world. Would you like that? That's the river we're talking about. That seems attractive, doesn't it? Okay. Alongside that are gifts of the Spirit that the, the, the Bible says you can actually, because fruit is what grows. Um, it's, it's natural within your life. 
This is that, that's the normal Christianity. The river flows, that is what normal Christianity looks like. <clears throat> and gifts of the Spirit, such as uh, prophecy, healing, tongues, miracles, faith, wisdom, knowledge, and discernment, are things that you can actually ask the Holy Spirit to deposit in your life. As a gift. It's, almost, it's almost cheating. You know, they, they, they get deposited in your life. Now, what actually you do with them, how you, how, you, how you manage those gifts in your life, will cause them to grow in your life and have greater impact. So I love your, your testimony with Carla, isn't it? There? That actually, so you met some huggers, the free huggers. Now, what's that, what, what's that doing? That, that's actually putting love out on the streets. So when we go out into the, to the streets of Gravesend, we, we entitle that Love Gravesend. So, so actually we want to carry, carry unconditional love into the streets of Gravesend. And for, for us, it's amazing that we get this testimony that somebody actually, wow, my life was impacted by these people who poured love. It's joy as well. Yeah. So that's joy being, you know, people smiling. So actually, that's, that's an overflow into the world around us, isn't it? Yeah. And then somebody heard from a God, word of God for you, and you think, wow, these people know me. How does that happen? That's God overflowing through our lives, not just with the fruit, but with, with if you like, the, the, the bit that you can't just explain away. Who, what? So where did you get that stuff? How do people get healed? So how, do, how is it that people are getting healed in supermarkets? Cashiers, you know, we've got a lady who does our day school, and she's basically in a local supermarket where she gets, gets some of her stuff. She's now known as the lady who prays for people. And, and so, if, you know, the cashiers look forward to seeing her because I've lost track of how many people she's seen healed in the supermarket and on the streets and stuff like that. So, um, and then even, even within this last week, just hearing some extraordinary stories of, of what's going on through people's Christians' lives. So, Heaven in Healthcare, as you're seeing there, that's, Heaven in Healthcare is, is actually something that's growing out of, of Eastgate. It's, 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 Eastgate is the home of Heaven in Healthcare. And um, I was doing a conference last weekend down in Poole in Dorset, and um, some of our team were there, and I think it was Felicity chatted to, to a lady who's she's involved in Hospice UK? Hospice UK, so the management of Hospice UK. <coughs> Just think, the influence that somebody like that can have, and she said, she wanted to find out more about heaven and healthcare because there's life flowing through it in, into the world around us. We've got some people, I think I've seen Sasha and Katie here, who, who both go into the, the A&E department in a local hospital and now are entrusted by the staff there to create a peaceful environment which the staff then benefit from in their working lives. Actually, they'll send them off when they've got you know, stuff going on. We call it in the A&E world, I'm a doctor, so stuff is kicking off. When stuff is kicking off, and it, it does, that's a, that's a classic place, the A&E department, stuff kicks off. Can you bring peace and joy and patience and stuff into that environment? Well, we can, because it, this is a river that's flowing through us. This is, this is our Christian mission, to let this river flow through us. <clears throat> and I've been, I've been sort of meditating a lot about this the last few weeks, um, because I believe that the abundance of Christianity that is, that is uh, if you like, the potential within us for abundant Christianity is not yet being fully displayed. Yeah? I think none of us would think we've got it all sorted yet. There, there is more to do. We're going to have to look at our own lives, the world around us, say, I think there's more of heaven to arrive. Um, and so a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was uh, in the morning meeting here, and I was talking to God, and, and he was talking to me, and because um, I was just trying to wrestle with how to explain that what's going on in my brain um, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a complicated place my, my brain um, in ways that actually I could sort of help people understand what I was what was going on and he, he said to me the river Thames and I said 
Okay, River Thames. Now, the River Thames is not far away, so if, you, if you're not sure, um, if you see the turbines, look out the window and you see one turbine going around, that's on the other side of the River Thames. That's how close the River Thames is to us. Um, and, uh, and so I started to do a little bit of research about the River Thames, and um, there was an article in the Daily Telegraph, I think it was Daily, it might be in weekend edition of the Telegraph, but uh, back in 2010, so almost 10 years ago now, and it was, it was, there was a journalist, and at that point he was actually in, uh, near Barking. Um, and he said this. This was, his, this was what he said, his historical reference. So it was, it was near this spot in 1878, so this spot in the River Thames, in 1878, that more than 600 passengers on the steamship Princess Alice died when the pleasure boat sank in a collision. As they swam towards the safety of the shore, the passengers were overcome by the noxious cocktail of pollution in the water. Okay? Now, I want you to go hold that. So, so at, at its source, primarily, the River Thames would be pure. But somehow, as it flowed, it got polluted to such an extent that it wasn't just nasty, it was deadly. That, that's quite a somber picture, isn't it? Um, now, what, what I'm <coughs> interested, it goes on to say this. In 1957, the pollution levels became so bad that the River Thames was declared biologically dead. The amount of oxygen in the water fell so low that no life could survive and the mud reeked of rotten eggs. So just imagine that. So 1957, now I was born 1958, so in my lifetime, that was true. so I, I was brought up in Kent, not, not far from Thames, and as far as I was aware, there was no life in the Thames. Didn't expect any life in the, in the Thames. Yeah? Maybe up in Oxford or something, but certainly as it flowed, flowed through, the, through London, there was no expectation of life within the River Thames. Okay, fast forward, and it says 50 years later, so actually we will be almost 60 years later, so this will hopefully improve even more. So 50 years later, the Thames has come of, become a very different place. It teems with life. 125 species of fish swim beneath its surface. More than 400 species of invertebrates live in the mud, water and riverbanks. Waterfowl, fowl, waders and seabirds feed off the rich pickings in the water, while seals, dolphins and even otters are regularly spotted between the riverbanks where it meanders through London. Is that, that a little bit different from 1878 and 1957? And that's that. We, that we've got a friend um, used to have a uh, a flat apartment overlooking the River Thames in Gravesend, and, and remember she used to say when she actually used to watch do- dolphins swimming in the Thames from her balcony. Now, in 1957, that was a very, very far-off dream. I'm not sure it would have been a dream; it was just an idea. And as I was growing up, you know, um, I remember, and I, I do remember it precisely. I can't remember when it was, but I, I remember the memory of it because it was such a surprise when um, they said they found some fish in the River Thames. Well, fish in the River Thames? Who'd have thought that? It was. It was, it was a surprise because it was dead. It wasn't. So suddenly, well, it's come alive. Um, and I remember. Now I don't know whether it was a couple of tadpoles or you know, whatever little fiddlers, but we found life in the River Thames. So there was life. But I would suggest not in all its fullness. Yeah? 50, 60 years on, we have a fuller idea of what life in the River Thames. So what the river can now produce <coughs> in terms of life is far beyond what I would have ever anticipated as I was growing up. 
you getting the picture? This is, this is, so, um, it goes on to say that down in the, towards the, the estuary of the River Thames, they now found, they found seahorses. How about that? <laughs> They've even got, so let's, let's say, um, environmental officials now say the Thames is the cleanest it has been in more than 150 years, and nearly 400 habitats have now been created to allow wildlife back into the, into the river. So what was deliberately done was, it wasn't just a clean-up act went on to get rid of the pollution, but actually they had to work hard to create spaces uh, within the river, the, the correct habitats where that life could, could be nurtured, because they realised that a lot of the industrialisation almost concreted it over, so, so there had to be a new creation of new habitats where life could be nurtured, and that was done very deliberately. And the clean-up of the River Thames has been a, a massive communal effort. So it goes on. It now... The water now carries a huge diversity of fish. Juvenile sea bass, until recently never seen before in the Thames, now fill the creeks that feed into the Thames, while flounder and flatfish have returned in ever-growing numbers. Adult salmon have even been grown and reported migrating up the river. How about that? Salmon? No, seriously, I've just read this a couple of weeks ago. If you told me salmon swam in the River Thames, I would have thought you were joking. I would have never imagined that. This This is more than I ever asked or imagined or thought. Anybody else thought of the River Thames as a salmon river? It's a surprise, isn't it? Um, Then they've got a guy who goes out who's who's a bird watcher, and he says, um, you often, he's been doing it for 11 years, he says, you often get kingfishers and a lot of wader birds when the tide is out. There's also a lot of migrating birds that stop here now, like red starts. That was a big surprise. I seldom go out without getting a bit of a surprise. Isn't that good? So this is a guy, and he's been doing this for 11 years, he says he seldom goes out on the River Thames without getting some surprise. I would love that to be true of the church. That, that people seldom encounter the church without getting a bit of a surprise. You never believe what they're up to. You never, you never believe what the, what's happening now. Wow. There's, more, there's even more life there. It's ridiculous. I've got salmon in their river. You've got this, it's, it's, otters. They've got dolphins. They've got... You know, we thought it was great when we had tadpoles. <clears throat> so the picture I'm trying to paint for you is that the, the, the river that creates life is an extraordinary thing and is actually inside of us, but it is possible for it to become polluted. And one of the things I've been looking at recently, and this is, you can get the messages on the website, is why it seems that God doesn't respond to our why is it we don't get what we ask for? And I'm thinking, I've been, as I've been meditating upon it, I think it's basically this, this, this idea that actually <coughs> somehow we've managed our water to become polluted. I'm just looking in the baptism pool. Imagine, imagine we tip just a little bit, just a little bit of sewage in there. Just a little, not much, just a tiddly little bit. Just, not a lot, not, just a tiddly little bit. I think we'd have a few less baptisms. Well, it's only a little, seriously, it's only a little bit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah, it does. So, in, in, I want you to turn now to, to um, it's Matthew 17, 17. Um, because when, there were, there were places where the disciples would come to Jesus and say, look, we're a bit puzzled. When you do it, it seems to work. When we do it, it doesn't. Yeah? Jesus didn't have any trouble getting rid of the demons, healing the sick. just wasn't a problem to him. Um, but what this is in, in the context is this. I'll, I'll read the first bit out. It says, When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is very ill, and he often falls into the fire and often into the water. 
I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. So there's the problem. Somehow the river's not flowing. The river that you promised inside of them, some, we know it comes out of you, but somehow with us it's got st- stuck. <clears throat> and this is what Jesus answered, and this is what I'm... Okay, it says, how does he respond? He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. How long, <laughs> how long shall I stay with you? A degree of frustration. How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And he healed the boy. See, there was, there was no problem. The river was flowing through Jesus because it was completely unpolluted. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it, it wasn't contaminated. And um, one of the words here for, for perverse means, it means corrupted. That's one of the ways you could translate the Greek word. Um, and as I thought about this, you know, it's interesting. Jesus did not aim at that comment at any one individual. Because actually, when you look at that, what he means by generation, he probably, he probably was referring to the whole nation. At a period of time, he says, During this, at this moment in time, with this whole nation, this is not working. And that made me think, I think wow. Because I think sometimes when we're looking at why things aren't working, we look on the, on the micro level. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? What, what's... And I just want to throw the idea out there that we need to look at our whole ecosystem. So imagine, I want you to imagine that, that you've got, well, you have got it, Jonathan. You've got a river flowing through you, and you're a tributary. And how many of us, if, if, we, if we've got a river flowing through us, put together all our rivers, we start to get a, a big river, yes? Okay, so, so your river flows alongside us. They, we flow together, then more and more, uh, well, the river just grows in size and size and size. So what happens if your tributary is polluted in any way? It pollutes the rest. What happens if all our rivers are polluted? We get more pollution. This is the picture I'm trying to picture. Now, Jesus has given us an absolutely pure source in every one of us. And since I've been thinking about it, since I've read this a couple of weeks ago, I've been just, ah! I've been thinking about my own life and said, oh, I wonder if that's polluting my river. Because what I, what I think is, uh, there, there's nobody else can take responsibility for your in, inner reality other than you. But when baptism, you know, these, these ten folks who got baptised just in this meeting, they've, they've actually made a massive statement. You know what? As for me, I'm with Jesus. That's phenomenal. I'm, this river's going to flow through me. That's what I'm giving my life to. <coughs> um, and I would love to think that if you just put the, all of Eastgate together, how forceful could our river be? Now, how forceful could that be if you then actually got that flowing through every church? Would the, would the, would the world know? Would, would the world experience life in all its fullness? On the school playground, the schools, healthcare, business, families, marriages, just think, this life flowing through us. And that's the picture I want to paint for you, is this, this life that Jesus has given to us. So when you're born again, it's not just to keep you safe and secure in your own a little bit, is actually to create something that together, as an ecosystem, we are known for life. In all its forms, in a surprising way. Um, and <clears throat> I'm not responsible for anybody else's individual life, apart from my own. Um, I'm, I'm responsible for the, for the environment of, of this, this church, as a member of this church. And people say, well, I you know, I know I'm one of the leaders here. Actually, if you're a member of this church, you're responsible for the life of this church. 
If you're a visitor here, we, 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 we love having you here. I don't count you as responsible for the life of this church, but if, you, if you're part of this church, you are responsible. And together, I honestly believe we can create extraordinary life. And, um, and basically, Jesus said, it's, it's actually, when, you, when he talked about a river coming to you, he was talking about, he says it very clearly, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, if you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. Is that not amazing? I think it's more than amazing. I think it's beyond amazing. I think it's phenomenal. So, so actually, somehow, God is in there. And I'm, I've just taken back to the, you know, the, the you know, um, chapters of Genesis 1 and 2, at the beginning of the world with creation. It says, when God created the man, he, he, he created him out of the dust, and then he breathed his life into him. Yeah? And he became a living being. And... What the Bible teaches us, and I think is self-evident in some ways, is actually that the spiritual life within us is actually the ecosystem that creates life for the rest of our bits and pieces. We are, we are people with bodies, obviously, souls, but also our spirit. Um, now, I want you to imagine a society where the fruit of the spirit are characterizing our whole, our whole nation. Would that not be amazing? That would be amazing. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You know, if people look to the United Kingdom and say, oh, that's, this, is, this is how we would describe the United Kingdom. At the moment, it's this guy through chaos and all sorts of pandemonium and stuff. It's a political process. You know, we're not going to find the answer politically. The answer is actually spiritual. And if we get this right then I believe the whole ecosystem can change of life. And, and so I'm going to be talking about this next Sunday morning in more, more, some more details. I just wanted to paint that picture for you that of a, a healthy river will create life and it doesn't have to work hard to do it. It just is. That's, that's normal. But we have to guard against things that would jeopardize that life flowing through us. So... That's what I wanted to do today.